Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Look, an eventful day, evening. Emotions and tempers run high in the Syracuse basketball and football double feature last night. Orange basketball falls to three and three on the year after losing seventy-three to seventy-two to Bryant in the dome. Uh, it's insufferable as hell, you ask me. And Syracuse football goes on the road, finally coming to life in the fourth quarter to pull off a Northeast rivalry win over Boston College, thirty-two to twenty-three. They finish seven and five on the year, and they'll play one more game. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback live on the Spotify Live app and on Facebook for those segments and. One of us predicted a 7-5 and five finish for the Orange. No, I might not have had all the games right, but um, that was me. You and Tyler go two years in a row, 6-6. Six and six. Just very vanilla. Hey, look, very overall, vanilla. vanilla compared to not a lot of people thought even 6-6. Six and six, So I would like to think that well, the, the experts, all of us had pretty good. Uh, the experts, you know. yeah. I mean, we were probably looked at it as, you know, the orange, orange-blooded homers, right? Like you said, like right in the introduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we did that, you know, there's probably a lot of people who didn't believe that. So. Uh, I would, I would tend to uh, agree with that. Um, I, I, I did have uh, five and seven last year and seven and five this year, though. I'm just saying. No, I mean, so. hey, look. You, you've been pretty good last couple of years, you know. Thank you, Joe. And- that's all. That's all I wanted. I just wanted approval. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I mean, is that you too have? much to I mean, ask? You got it. You got it right. What two two years in a row? Two years. I think in a row. I, I guessed six and six two years in a row. Right. So you both did. You um, and Tyler both did. Yeah. Yeah. But um, again, that's that's not you know, and I guess like you know what I was speaking to or alluding to you know when we were talking with Tyler yesterday is you know, yeah, it just seems like next year we're gonna have to ask these questions different, right? Um, because obviously people's expectations change and everything like that. So I guess just coming off and saying you know. No, he's got to get six wins. Got to get a bowl game. Um, I guess how he does it um, is, is is very yeah. important as of late. <laughs> because yeah, so maybe <laughs> we just have to ask. You know, next time, no one would believe us anyway, right? But right. Hey, well, I agree know. with Noah from last week in the, in the fact that if uh, Syracuse goes out and um, it was trending that way. Um, Syracuse goes out against Boston College and doesn't pull off that win. I'm um I'm upset 
uh, about about any type of you know six and six bowl game. I mean, I just felt like they needed to go out there and end the slump, and they did. So it doesn't matter. So we didn't even need to talk about it. Um, right. So for- hey, look, and, and it's not you can't say that it was for it's an easy schedule either. We knew that it was going to be a gauntlet. And I think some people thought earlier in the year that our early, you know, schedule was bad. But I'm telling you right now, out of the 11 teams, 11 Div- Division One teams, not counting Wagner, that we played against, nine of them are going to bowl games. So the only games that we played, um, or teams that we played, that Boston aren't going College to a bowl. Boston College and Wagner. Boston College and Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. Yeah. So even UConn got the six wins. And Purdue, hey, look, they're eight and four, and they're actually playing Michigan in the uh, Big Ten championship next week. So there's that too. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton of criticism to be had. I mean, I feel like anything I'm going to open my ears to it's got to be a it's got to be more it's got to be more original than what we've just fire babers. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be more right. original than that. After yeah. after what we talked about last week and the in the co- the points we made a couple years ago that coach brought up again in the presser going heading into the Boston College game. After that after I feel a little bit justified in some of the things I know that I said then, and um, I'm sure you feel justified as well hearing it come from coach's mouth. Um, after that, I, I, you got to you got to come at me with something better than just fire babers. It's not that's not yep. working for me anymore. Nope. So, um, with that said, we can we can dwell on that a little bit later. But Syracuse lost a, a tough one in the dome uh, last night, and. Uh, it was a that 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 Jared Grasso look, man. The dude just rubs me the wrong way. I'm very biased towards it. It's probably unfair, maybe to a certain extent. I just don't like the guy. I just don't like. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he greases his hair back. I don't like the way. I don't like his mannerisms. I don't like anything about the guy. I just don't, and I, I don't care. Uh, and so I say things that are probably a little bit, you know, maybe over the top because the dude rubs me the wrong way. So. With that said, let's take a listen to what Coach had to say after the game. Benny was sick before the game. He wanted to try it. He did want to try it in the second half, but he was sick, couldn't play. Um, you know, his stomach was upset. Um, I thought the two freshmen, uh, Justin and, uh, and Chris, really tried to get us back in the game. Uh, Jesse... Uh, Again, it's the first couple of plays, the first couple of fouls that he gets that takes him out of the game. If he's in the game at the end, he blocks that shot. He's just got to be better at that. But we did a great job defensively over those last 10 or 15 minutes to get stops. Uh, I thought John Bull did a great job. He's a good passer. He plays in that middle against our defense every day. I thought he did a really good job in there. Um, he, he understands the game. He screens. He got people open. Uh, I thought he was really good. You know, Joe's been struggling. Uh, you know, no explanation for it. Uh, we obviously need him to go to play better. But the freshmen were really good. Jesse was good inside. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Judah got pushed and he pushed, he swung. You can't do that. Uh, you have to learn. It's a hard way to learn, but that's the way it is. 
you know, you just can't do that, react in that situation. There was a lot of pushing and holding early. They weren't calling it. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to play your way through that. That happens. Uh, questions? What did the referees tell you after the whole melee with the ejections? And Two guys strong and they're out. It's against the rules for assistant coaches to go onto the court. They were trying to help and separate guys, it's, but it's a rule, which is a bad rule. That you can't, they can't go, I can go, but they can't. It's a terrible rule. Coach, 14 points from Chris Bell, which is one to down. How important is it for him? Well, you know, I've talked to him about this, uh, you know. Um, I mean, he's played about 90 minutes and has one rebound. Nobody like that has ever played here, and nobody like that should play here. So you and Coach Grasso had an exchange after the game that's... Yeah, his players didn't come and shake hands. They ran off the court, two or three of them. I don't know why you would do that. We lost. We shook hands. I mean, that's what you do, win or lose. That's what you do. So, so that's what you said. You looked at what was his reaction? Pardon? What was his reaction? He he gave me a sarcastic apology, which fits him. It really wasn't an apology. That's why I didn't really accept it. He said he apologized. It wasn't. It wasn't that kind of apology. We'll see. All right. <laughs> all right. We will get into all of that, and we'll start at the top here. Joe Benny sick before the game. Um, early foul trouble for Jesse, though. Obviously, never sets a good pace for Syracuse. Um, him is out right now. Don't know. Coach alluded to the fact that he doesn't know when he's going to be back. And, um, he, you know, he says he's, he's hurting, and I guess when he's feeling better, he'll be back. So, um, not great as far as all of that goes. But um, we, we know how Jesse tends to um, get into some of these issues. And, you know, I have to say, um, you know, we needed him at the end of the game. Where they survived as long as they could without him at the beginning. We needed him at the end. He came to life at the in the battle to the end of, at the end of that game, man. It was all Jesse Edwards. There is no look. Ifs and buts are candy and nuts. We only we all have a Merry Christmas. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. It doesn't matter. But if he's in that game, I I I think I have a hard time believing we, that we don't win. And I believe that that was the difference at the end of that game because Jesse Edwards was catching fire and he could not be stopped. The fourth foul on Jesse Edwards was an atrocious call. It was an over-the-back call, and he was literally falling back away from away from uh, the two guys in front of him to grab a rebound. They call over-the-back. is a terrible call. Uh, I, I didn't get an eye on everything. Uh, I was traveling and, and watching it on my phone, not driving, traveling, um, and watching it on my phone. So I didn't, I didn't see all the fouls, but I, did, I, I saw the last two uh, that I remember. Uh, I think the last call was, was a fair call. Foul number four, not fair. I heard others were, were, weren't as good either. So 
again, can we? You don't get your you don't put yourself in that position, and you don't you don't have to worry about it early, right? If you don't put yourself in that yeah. position early, you don't have to worry about it. But coach let him play with four until he's basically like, look, we're just going to play him until he until he falls out. And John Bull did a decent job. I feel like his minutes were were valuable uh, coming up for him and in Jesse when needed. So um, I assume you got to sit down and watch the game uninterrupted. Un- I yes. don't know what your thoughts yes. were on any of that, but obviously Jesse got to clean some of that stuff up. Yeah, I mean he still got he still got 31 minutes. It just hurt us a little bit, you know. Obviously, when he followed out later, but then when he came out and we had to have Peter Carey come in because Hema was hurt. Uh, you know, I think that uh, defensively we don't see that much of a drop off when you see Hema go in there for for Edwards. So I think that he would have been nice to have. Uh, I think that um, Benny would have been nice to have. But then again, you know, this is also a game where I think you know Chris Bell and especially Taylor I think needed it. Um, Taylor especially because uh, he keeps alluding to Chris Bell and his. We'll his get there. Not, we'll get there. Not okay, but either way, um, just having those guys like Benny Sick and Hema, and then you know losing uh, Judah, it would have been different or difficult. I, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened because sometimes you know when you look at you know the foreshadow or like the end of the game in hindsight, right? Um, you know, oh if Judah would have, you know, if he wouldn't have got. Um, tossed. If he wouldn't have got tossed, and who knows if we see the game Justin Taylor or whoever has, um, because you know um, I don't think that that he takes Joe out, right? So um, you know, as far as Jesse goes, yeah, he was definitely a force when he got it. Just he just starts so slow, and then he gets a yeah. couple of those fouls. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm a firm believer that he probably would have sat the whole first half if Hemo was healthy, but just Kerry couldn't do anything in there, so. Um, that's why you bring Boljak in, and you know, mm-hmm. like you said, he held the line pretty good. With he with did the Benny best he could, out. but not, yeah, yeah, um, wasn't great. So having but... Hema and Benny out, and then you get, you know, Edwards in, in foul trouble right there. That's gonna that's you know starts disaster right from the very beginning. Edwards just with a fantastic game: 12, 12 points and twenty one rebounds, uh, eleven points in ten rebounds. A double double in itself came in the second half. So. Before and he followed out with 3:21 left. So who knows what what he could have done? And um, unfortunately, it's uh, it's just we'll never know because it doesn't. It's not going to be something we see. Mm, yeah. So uh, defensively, I, I, Syracuse did a great job at towards the end. Um, I think obviously this they still have a ton of room to grow here. A lot of missed shots by Bryant. They were doing a great job of getting stops though. And, you know, it was a struggle to watch both ends of the floor sometimes. And, but that's, you know, that defense, in, along with, you know, Jesse Edwards' help there is what got him back in that game. Joe, though, Joe, what do you think about Joe? The dude has been struggling. And um, I, 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 part of me thinks that despite the fact that Judah was uh, ejected from the game, I think that, you know, you bring in Samir Torrance and it doesn't get any worse. I mean, I mean, on the offensive end, I feel like uh, Torrance could have done something a little bit more than what Joe was doing. I mean, five points. I mean, he's he's got to play better. He's got to score. He had a terrible turnover towards the end of the game um, when he got trapped. And um, Matthew on, on Facebook pointed out it would be a great time to use the timeout there. But yep. just a terrible turnover for a fast break, uh, two points. And, you know, at what point do you say, okay, well, you know, let's take him out. 
We got Justin Taylor's going off. Samir Torrance can change. We've seen him change the pace of a game. Yeah, maybe he's not playing as good as we we were used to seeing last year at this point in the season, but I don't see how you leave Joe in there that long. I mean, are you waiting that long for him to get going? Because I mean, I think it's because of the lack of people we didn't have. Again, if, if Jude is there and if Benny's, um, you know, he's good to go, and some of these guys like you know Taylor and Bell are hitting shots, then I think there's going to be a point where you know when he's shooting one of eight from the three three point line that Beheim is going to take him out. So uh, I think it was just all about. I mean, I'm we had to we had to put together what we had to put together, missing those three guys. Uh, and and still putting together uh, you know rotations and a game plan to get back in this game and, and possibly have a chance to win it, I thought was was great coaching and it was great guts by the the players and a lot of young players that really haven't shown um, you know what what they were capable of yet this year. Yeah, Gerard, he's uh, combined to score just nine points in in two for twenty two from the floor, one for twelve from behind the arc in the last two games. Well, plus when Judah got tossed, plus when Judah got tossed, he was asked to do some point guard duties. Yeah, too. I understand so, that, I mean, but that's why you bring. I mean, that's why you can you can bring in Samir for that a little well, they, bit. He, they did, but there were certain things where Samir was messing up a little bit too. So, uh, well, I mean, I mean, six and one, half a dozen in the other man. That's yeah, right, the way I see it. You know, I, I don't know. There was enough rotations tried yesterday to where I'm not sure how much of a difference it would have made. And, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm not someone who bags on Joe all the time, but the past two games, you know, you, you score 31 uh, career high, and then you come out and you, you've got nine points combined in the last two. I mean, uh, and your shooting's just god-awful. So, I mean, I don't know. As a senior, yeah. I expect more at this point, and we're still we're still dealing with some of the issues that I feel Joe had in his freshman year. So, well, I think that this we're, we're still young and not being able to have everybody in the rotation and still try to figure out roles and stuff like that. And then you get Judah that gets kicked out uh, and you don't have Benny. So you have these all these freshmen that are around you and you have Jesse Edwards in foul trouble and you know you're doing what you have to do down low to keep him. I mean, they had their best defender, like basically shadowing Gerard, not letting him get a good shot. And, uh, you know, that's why all the other stuff uh, was working. And I think that that's – that's the direction that Joe's got to go. Otherwise, he's going to end up getting benched. I think the direction he needs to go is let's get these other guys shots, get these other guys points because they're in a better position because of how tough they're playing D on me. And then once more people around him start scoring, then that's going to open up him to be able to get his open shots. But he's just too up and down right now, um, and we're lacking leadership. We have a very young team. And I think that there's just a lot of people that were expecting him to be the guy to come in, be the leader, and, you know, be able to put up, you know, 16 points a game on average. Like, that's his floor. And come in and be that consistent just score for the team. And the last two games, he's kind of fallen short on that. Yeah, And we've still been in the games. Let, we went to overtime, and then we had this game where they hit a shot at the end. Yeah, the uh, Saint. By the way, we didn't talk about the St. John's game. Not going to get into too much of it, other than the fact that that's an old Big East rival. That's what Joe and I grew up with as kids, and it's a great um, game. that was a, it. Was a good game. It had the rivalry feel to it. Uh, y- y- those are the ones, as far as non-conference goes, those are the ones you want to win. You know that the St. John's, and I mean Bryant. <laughs> Just because they're insufferable, the players talented, talented players, man. Um, and and oh, uh, yeah. with Charlie Pride and 
Um, just, Look, just a just a just a talented squad. I mean, you, you can't same, take that away from them. It's the same thing as Colgate. They played just as smart against the two-three zone, except for these guys were more they're, athletic. They're a little bit more um, athletic. They're fast and they're aggressive. Yeah, and I mean, you look at a, it's a team like where you said, like Charlie Pride. You know, he's been there for four years. He's from Syracuse. He's from Syracuse so every time, yeah. every time he he wants to to show out of, against Syracuse, you know. And then you, and you have Antoine Walker, who's a transfer from Rhode Island. Started off originally getting recruited from Georgetown out of high school. So this guy's four or five years in playing in the A10. Uh, Doug Eddard, the guy that I mean, he didn't play that much, but he's a, a transfer. Uh, from yeah, St. Peter's, who had he their killed run it last at St. Peter's last year. Yeah, in the tournament, right? Yeah, in the tournament. Yep. Yeah. And Earl Timberlake, he started off. He got. Uh, he's been he, right out of high school, Miami, then Memphis, and now transferred to here. Gross Bullock, he's played three straight years at twenty minute over twenty minutes a game at LaSalle, which is an A10 school. So all these guys, um, they are. I mean, they're they're coming from higher up. Um, you know competition and they're getting they were getting minutes there so uh brian i mean they finished the year last year 20 and 3 they ran through their conference tournament and they played in the playing game as, uh, as a 16 seed against Wright state so this coach has got them going in the right direction as much as i'm not a huge fan of him either and i know that we had a one-point game two years ago against them the covid year yeah there's more controversy um, there there too he's just said he's just a loudmouth punk man yeah that's pretty much what it is yeah. and that's fine and you know I, there was an that's issue fine. where i mean Beheim had an issue because he had players they had players run off a, without shaking the hands right so he thought it was disrespectful it wasn't sportsmanlike and with everything that had happened during the game you know to act like that it's, i don't know it's a yeah i it's think not it's classy it's not, it's not classy, classy it is, he's not a classy guy and you know um, with that said, I saw the. All, I couldn't hear what was going on, but you can watch the ending, the ending of the game, and and see that there's obviously a back and forth. And look, it's disrespectful. At the end of the day, it's just disrespectful. It just makes it worse because for me, I just can't stand that guy. At least you could have some class. You won the game, my coach said. Like, okay, all right. There's some Bayheim haters who are out there saying things, you know, like, oh well, whatever, you know. Um, this stems from, you know, a couple years ago when coach said they shouldn't even played the game and okay, all right, whatever. But that that is 2 years ago we're talking about today. Okay? So let's talk about it. Well, and the, then Grasso he complained that year because he's like, "Well, I mean, how about you give us some credit? You know, we're a good team." Da 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 da. So yeah. he kind of like made it look like Beham was just trying to poo-poo him and his team and so i mean that's just how he is he was out there he was chirping with the fans yeah he has this sarcastic just over the top reactions and everything like you can just tell what type of i mean he's passionate about his team and And obviously them winning and everything but it comes off as super super when you when you get down in the mud with opposing fans it just, just you show no self restraint, which is Doug Eddard's problem. I mean, you know, these guys didn't sh- show much restraint on that end either. Look, no. the game was fi- well. Here's the thing, I get it. I didn't there's, care. There, uh, I didn't. I mean, I that didn't care because because our guy started it. Yeah, when yeah. he when he turned around. I mean, I look. mean, when he turned. Hold on a second. There's a lot of pushing and shoving going on. Okay, um, there was there was some questionable charge block call non calls going yeah, on true. in that game. Okay, uh, Judah Mintz gets car- called for the charge. Okay, he's frustrated. He's trying to get up. Uh, you could see the legs 
You can see legs coming up and, and moving to, to try to inhibit him to get up or maybe even trip him, okay? At the very least, trying to inhibit him getting up, all right? He's, he's shoved by Edder, okay? What Judah admits is totally unacceptable, and he needs to, he needs to obviously have a cooler he head than about that. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's got to have a cooler head than that. And I'm not, I'm not excusing him not one bit. Uh, he could have he gotten up, uh, expressed concerns, and, and Coach would talk to the, to the refs. I mean, that's going to happen eventually, I feel like, anyway. But temper's boiled over. He, 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 he slaps him, totally uncalled for, totally disrespectful. And then yeah. he gets freaking roundhoused, open-hand slap from behind. I'm not saying – and then that's not, even the, that's not even the worst part. John Bull says, look, you, you want to play fuck fuck? Let's play fuck fuck. <laughs> And he starts going after Edder. And he runs like a little bitch. He runs away, okay? Which is hilarious to me, okay? At the end of the day, both those guys got to go. I don't have a problem, really, with what he did. But I feel like, look, if you want to be if you want to be the better man, you, Edder could be, still been in the game, and, and, and Judah Mintz could have been gone easily if he, oh, does, yeah. if he doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay? So mm. have some self-control. And that goes for everybody. It was a bad look for Syracuse, I feel like, just as a day yesterday. Okay? So it started yeah. It started with that. Now, okay, you don't have a problem with it. Now, I don't really have a problem with it. I just think it's a bitch move when someone's turned around walking away. I thought the, run, I thought the running away part was. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like, well, that too. That was the icing I mean, on the cake. I mean, obviously, the thing with Judah Mintz was, was that he tried to get away with it, be slick with with it you know almost like last the other year with buddy right where he punched dude in the stomach like you know yeah, he pushed that was, him he's that was, trying to that was worse than what way worse than what buddy did yeah but in the I mean, face either like way, that either, you yeah, don't touch I another man's face it, like that i know you don't yeah. and that's why edder acted the way he did but judah knew that he was wrong he was trying to be slick with it and not yeah. get caught right so by doing that he nonchalantly walked away and by his reaction i feel like he even knew it was coming because he knows that you don't, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he had Judah, it coming. I mean, he had it coming. He did. He walked away. He tried to be sly with it. But, to get away but is it, it necessary? Dude, is that necessary? Is any of it necessary? Well, Absolutely no, not. no, no, it's not. But is the reaction to the reaction after what's going on on the ground? Yeah. Well, is, and that's the just, problem. It's with, a with, snowball with, effect. With okay. Stuff like that too. Is that's the problem got... with refs not not controlling a game. That's the yes. problem. That's the whole yes. point of this. The rest weren't yes, controlling the, the game, and they weren't yep. doing their damn job. They were, they were, there was terrible officiating. Just besides the fact of letting physical play like that through, the officiating was not, um, it was not fair. Uh, when you consistent. look at, it wasn't consistent in in who was doing what, and, it, and that confuses players, it confuses fans, and then tem- the tempers boil over like that, and that's what you're left with a melee like that. And that's 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 partly well, and then they on have the to rest. Clean it up, a lot right? of it. Then, then they, they got to clean it up. It took 15 minutes to clean it up. Well, and then uh, then once play resumes, then it gets to a point. Now where you tighten you the to, whistles up. Now you have to tighten the whistles up. Now you're changing the way the whole game's played. Exactly. The, the entire flow yeah. of the game's off. Now everybody's wondering how they should play, what they should do. Uh, the, the, the officiating is is a huge part of why all of that happened, and shame on them too. Um, the end, the not shaking hands thing, whatever. We kind of talked about it, but um, it's just it's kind of disrespectful. I'm not going to um, get much more into that. I think the bulk of this was um, the fight, and obviously the two guys that swung, they had to go. The assistant coach rule, that's stupid. 
That's a dumb rule. That's a stupid rule. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, even make I get any it sense. for the players. You know, Bryant lost to two other players because they were on the bench and they got off the bench. You can't do that as a player. Um, and you know, I'd say the one thing with us is kudos for Syracuse restraint. and their players oh, yeah. and having restraint to not go out on the court because you know, as a as a yeah, as a player, as a teammate, if something starts going on like that, you see your player get smacked like that. Like your first reaction is go out there and have his back. And um, you know, I think that our coach has definitely handled it a lot better. And um, yeah, but well, maybe a that's lot more our, our assistant coaches got a lot more out, got out there and made sure it didn't happen. Right. So yeah, again, stupid rule because um, you know assistant coaches can do nothing but stop their own players from getting out there and making it worse. Um, and instead, you know, you have the player rule. So player rule straight, assistant coach is dumb. Yes. And uh, I, 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 I was a big fan of Eddard last year in the, uh, in the, in the tournament uh, for St. Peter's and um, talented kid. Um, all right. There was also a football game last night. Let's hear what coach Babers had to say after that game. Uh, just really, really excited about the, uh, the effort, obviously, uh, Coach Halfley, Jeff. I mean that that was a good game between two Northeast rivals, and uh, obviously physical, obviously intense, obviously all the stuff that uh, the fans come to see between a rival game. Uh, you know, some good things, some bad things out there, but really excited about uh, how my guys finished, uh, how they fought to the very end. They didn't do everything right, and they weren't always. <laughs> doing the smart things, but overall the effort was uh, fabulous. Um, I want to go back and I want to give, uh, give thanks, give the glory where it's due, definitely to the man upstairs, but really proud of the coaches, really proud of the prayer, players after uh, those five weeks to be able to come back with a win like this versus a good Boston College team that, you know, two weeks ago beat NC State, the same NC State that beat North Carolina, the same North Carolina that's playing in the ACC championship game versus Clemson, just to go show you once again how tough this league is and how precious just winning a football game can be. Should be moments throughout the game. I'm just wondering how much you chalked that up with the rivalry and how far over the line maybe things went for you as a coach. When you say over the line, there were some things that were just – rivalry type things that the players have to understand that this game is different. You know, an ankle's going to get twisted and it's going to get stepped on. There's going to be some things that they need to be able to overcome as young men. And uh, I'm not saying that there was just stuff out there. If you've been in a rivalry game before, you know, there's certain things that are going to happen and we need to do a better job of adjusting to them. With Enrique Cruz's situation, was there something that prompted that? Because obviously we couldn't see that. Sure, there was. Did Absolutely. There was something. Like I don't want to do that to the rivalry game, but you guys, you can figure it out. But he still shouldn't have reacted. He shouldn't have reacted to it. Uh, Coach, what allowed your offense to explode down the stretch after, you know, just kind of such a slow start in those first three quarters? What do you think changed in the, that last 15? We changed some things that we were doing in halftime. We adjusted some some things very quickly, and we just decided that we're going to go after, play this game a different way and in a different style. And uh, based off of who we were playing in the situation, it was very effective for us. 
Coach, Gadsden, Alford, and Cooper are all topping 80 receiving yards today. What was it like for you to see the diversity in the targets that Schrader was throwing to today? He was moving the ball around, there's no doubt. And then when you add in, uh, <clears throat> you know, Tucker getting 100-something, uh, it makes the offense different. Now we've got to be able to start faster than what we've started. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, you got to take your hat off. Boston College was doing some things that was uh, really impressive in the first half. And, uh, but eventually, you know, the defense with their speed and, and uh, our defense against their offense with our speed caught up to them. But uh, you're, you're seeing two teams, one that's going bowling and one that's not, but just major, major uh, carnage, major injuries on both sides. And uh, it'll be a different game next year when everybody comes back a lot healthier. But, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it because it was, it was a physical contest. All right. Yeah, physical contest indeed. It was... Um... It was enter- it was an entertaining game. Mm-hmm. Now, the, impo- the important thing is, is that Syracuse stops the bleeding in the losing column after five skids. Uh, they 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 I would say you know with what they showed at Wake Forest and then what they did at Boston College, both games on the road. Uh, the Wake Forest game looked like it was a winnable game for a while, and then this game looked like it was a losing game for a while. Um, and uh, you got different outcomes of what how they st- kind of started the those two games, almost the antithesis of one another as far as how they started in the first against Wake Forest and the first against Boston College, and then reverse that in in the uh, in the second half of things. And you know, um, started really ugly with the strip sack and then the block punt. Boston College is up ten nothing really quick, and I think it was only three minutes or something like that into the game, and you're thinking, man. This is going to be freaking brutal. There, 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 there are some insufferable fan bases. Uh, Pitt comes to mind. Uh, Boston College is in there, and um, you know this is old Big East rivalry stuff. This stuff carries through again, like we were talking about with St. John's. Joe, this stuff carries through our our, our childhood, growing up watching, especially on the basket on the football end of things with Boston College, and um, it is. It is always fun to watch, and we can get all into all the controversy here in a little bit. But the adjustments that were made at halftime, um, after it, things not looking really good, it did take a long time to get going. Uh, they went into they went into the uh, fourth quarter. I think well, actually going it's just a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. It was like seventeen six. They hadn't scored a touchdown yet. Um, there was, um, you know, I think he'd been sacked already seven times or something like that. He was sacked four times in the first quarter, and it just looked bad. And um, like you said, though, yeah, the they game, scored. It, I think with I think there was like thirteen minutes, thirteen and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. They scored their touchdown to go up seventeen yeah. sixteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yep. So, but at that point, I'm thinking, well, <laughs> this sucks, I, and, and I'm starting to think, man, Bryant. And now this, this is going to be a terrible, <laughs> terrible night. And yep. um, I will say that the win against Boston College for me made up for the Bryant game. Okay, absolutely. I, I, I just feel like um, what an amazing effort. The guys never quit. Um, Schrader just getting pounded and 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 just coming out and taking the snap and putting up twenty six points in the fourth quarter for Syracuse. 
uh, once they got the motor running, man, they just couldn't be stopped. They had a garbage time um, touchdown for Boston College. But, um, I mean, just what can you say about the resilience of this team? And I know it's Boston College, 3-9. and nine, But, you know, in a rivalry game, I remember a couple years ago, Boston College, before COVID, came into the Dome and just spanked us like 52 to something. I don't even remember. It was it was yep. a, it was a beatdown, right? Uh, now we we play in Boston, and, it, and, and next year we're going to go back to the Dome. I mean, this is something that we get to experience every year, and I love them when they're close like this, when you win, right? But um, yep. just what you could say, Joe, about, about coming back and scoring – 26 points in the fourth quarter i mean just waking everybody up i mean i was i was just beside myself and and then the 26 points come and i'm still i'm then i'm beside myself again but in a different way just amazing they just right and it's the first half was just it was crazy because you look at the the beginning of the game and you know normally something like that happens and you're going to be down 10 14 17 nothing you know easily yeah Um, to be 10 nothing was a win Absolutely, considering what had happened. Right. Um, and then, you know, you go through, and like I was telling you, you know, it seemed like they were having a tough time driving, um, you know, Boston College and us, you know, so it just looked really, really slow going 10-3. And when it was 10-3 at halftime, didn't really know what to expect. Like you said, just hoping for better adjustments and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and real quick, uh, how long has it been since we've seen adjustments that were visible make a difference you know what i mean like that big of a difference that, yeah it's been quite some time yeah but i think that there was a lot of mistakes too when you really when you well, there's look a at ton it, of like, penalties there was a touchdown that was called back for a holding penalty right yeah yes and that was in the first half and um i think overall what 14 penalties for 91 yards so realistically when i take away and i was i was optimistic at halftime because when you take away the first you know, fumble, they, they got the field goal, and then the black punt where they got the touchdown. You know, we were pretty much, I thought we were playing better than them. Um, and, you know, we have eventually, we, you know, don't get that touchdown. We miss a field goal, then we get a field goal. So uh, I didn't really think it was as bad as what it really looked like. And then when you get come out of the second um, or out of halftime, um, the only reason that I was worried, because you look at it, um, they came out, and they took six six minutes, 17 seconds off the clock on an 11-play, 31-yard drive. And uh, we get the ball. They punt. We get the ball back. And we actually go 12 plays, 83 yards in seven minutes uh, just to get a field goal. So then it was when it was 10 to 6. And at that point, you're saying that was 13 minutes, 13, 20. So you're talking about there was only two, less than two minutes left in the third quarter. And after each only each team had one drive, and it was like, wow, are we even going to be able to get a touchdown? This game is flying. Are we going to get the ball back? And you know, we're going to get one or two more chances at this. I was thinking that we're going to have to score a touchdown, and we're going to have to stop them. Um, and then they scored that touchdown, and I was like, you said, I, I, we were already in the fourth quarter, and I put down. I mean, we got to get a touchdown, two point conversion, field goal. I was thinking, and then we missed two two point conversions, end up going up eighteen seventeen, right? So and then they, you know, there was some, there was some. In that's hind- really what it was. In hindsight, yeah. yeah, you look back on it and you're like, well, thank God it worked out. But if you if you just kick the extra points, you're up by a field goal after that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but it uh, just happened so fast, right? Because they scored that touchdown, and then we just went. What, yeah, it eight did plays, happen fast. Eight eight plays, eighty one yards for three minutes, 
And so you're like, okay, we got we got we got time. Still well, there was minutes. a 58 yarder right in there. Well, to... then we stopped them. Five plays, five yards. And only two minutes, we get the ball back, and then we scored. It was a 58 yarder, so we had three plays, 73 yards in, in 50 seconds, right, to take the lead. Right. And it was like, wow, right, that just happened, right. And then we turn around and we get the strip fumble. And Juan Sparrow, or Sparrow, Sparrow yeah, Sparrow. he gets the strip fumble. And then we get the ball back, and we score in six plays from it. And it was just crazy well, they, how they all didn't. Of a sudden... They unfortunately didn't score on that sequence. There, that was um, there was a. An, it, wasn't there an issue on that? Um, I think penalties stopped that drive, and they went for it on third and thirty. Okay, they, maybe. Okay, so you know they what went it for was? it on fourth down. At I that, think the that Anwan Sp- was Anwan Sparrow was in the first half. I think this was the Caleb Okachekwu one in the second half. Oh, that was yes. That was okay. that led to a score. Yes. Yes, and that's yeah. what that that fumble was that led to a score after in just two minutes fifty six seconds. Yeah, and you're right. The point, Anwar one was in the first half. That that right. one so, ended in a fourth remember, down yes, because, turnover you know, because he had a fifteen yard penalty off of that. Yes. for celebrating, yes. and then we ended up getting a couple holes which is, after that. Which is that's which is that's. I mean, I guess you got to yeah. be a little bit smarter than that. But I mean, come on, I mean, I don't know. Well, it's stupid. So I didn't like then, you know that call particularly. I mean, we stop him on fourth down. We get the ball, and then all of a sudden, Tucker breaks one out, fitting. And we had three touch, or we had three scoring drives over seventy yards in the second half. Two in the fourth quarter for touchdowns. I mean, Garrett Trader, twenty-one for twenty-seven for two eighty-five. Yep, three receivers over eighty yards. Yeah, that, that, well, that's that was my next point. So let's talk about that. You Gadsden, you know, he's got seven or uh, six receptions for one hundred and six yards. Finally got him going. And looking like his old self in the in the you know it has probably has a little bit to do with um, trying to do too much in certain situations and some of these losses as far as Gadsden goes because he had some drops, uh, but also the fact that Garrett Schrader seems to be a little bit healthier. Um, he took some he took some decent hits uh, during this game, but stood in there strong and and he was delivering some pretty good balls. So Damian Alford did with the fifty eight yarder. And, and he then, dropped one in the end and, zone. He yes, wish he would have had back. Yes, he did. And then uh, Devon Cooper uh, with Devon Cooper with eighty yards too. So Great that game. was the most we've seen that ball get spread around. And and you know you got to look at Tucker with his hundred and twenty five yards, and he's up over a thousand now for the regular season. And uh, with with this game here, uh, with the long that you mentioned at twenty nine, and you've got you know you finally got the the offense clicking. It clicked late. But when it got going, when the motor was running, man, and that thing warmed up, it was you couldn't stop it. They could have played that game for another three quarters. It just destroyed them. You know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. too bad. You got to look at you know what Garrett Schrader had talked about in his post game presser after the weight game, how disappointed he was in himself for specifically coming out in the second half slow. But I mean, right out of the gate, again we get the ball too. I'm like, great, we're getting the ball. That's great, and. Then you have fumble, the strip sack goal. fumble, like, oh, and then I'm like, "Geez, man, what a waste! It's gone. <laughs> you just blew it all. One shot, it's gone." And and it's just so frustrating to, uh, to continue to to have to deal with that type of situation. But nonetheless, uh, Garrett Trader uh, pretty resilient in that game. But obviously, with the help of Tucker being able to get going in the run game, and you know, Boston College averages 60 yards a game. Uh, coming into this one, and and they were we held them under a hundred. We held them at like ninety, eighty nine or ninety, something like that. So under sixty, 
No, they averaged 60. They're last place in in Division One for rushing offense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they, they had 89 against us. They had 89 against us. Uh, and I, they tried I, to run against us. They tried, and they were only averaging. I think I think Tucker averaged like six yards a carry, and I think I think um, Garwo averaged like 3.3 or something like that. But I was thinking to myself, if we hold them under 100, I'll be happy. Okay, I don't yeah. expect 60, but under 100, and, and that's what we did. Um, and so I guess you know that's part of it. You know, when you make them throw as thin as we are. I think that's part of it. You know, you just can't get beat in the trenches and you allow some of some of your over the top players also, to also also a team that doesn't have an offensive line like the past five opponents that we've had. Well, They've I'll gone tell you what, injuries they, and then they, they lost they, an yeah, injury during the game as well. So well, they looked uh, once like we figured it out. They, they had a tough time rushing and it was been the first time in a little while. And you think you saw the confidence growing more. The defense actually realized that they could stop that run. Yeah, I think, you know, well. Uh, on a subpar level, on a subpar team, but still, I mean, the, it, it, once you realize you can you're do only it, in the game you're in, yeah, that exactly. So, um, good on all of that. Good on all of that. You got to be happy about that. When, when we talk about maybe another four weeks or so before we get to see action, and <laughs> right, it's gonna be about four weeks, five weeks, something like that. We'll have to see, but uh, probably somewhere in December. Uh, a little bit after Christmas. Okay, so yeah, we're looking at about four weeks. 27, so, 28, so 29. You got to like wonder: that. Is my cow going to come back? Uh, what's Kalen Ellis look like? You know what? You know some of these questions that that we haven't. Some of these guys that haven't been ruled out for the year. You got to wonder what that looks like. Yeah. So well, yeah, and like you said, we didn't have any. No Derek, no Mikel, but Jihad yeah, Derek, was back. Derek McDonald. Uh, that's right. Jihad was was back. Um, Mikel or uh, Mike, or, but what Chris Blyce and uh, Bergeron were back. Yeah. So it was nice to see those guys back, and uh, hopefully we can get a little bit healthier for this bowl game. Yeah. And Schrader looked Schrader looked healthier. Schrader looked healthier. I think another few weeks is going to do him a lot of good, and um, I think I think I've, I'm a, I'm a lot more positive going into going into this bowl game than I was three weeks ago. Wondering. What are we going to look like? Not only what are we going to look like at Boston College, but what are we going to look like after Boston College? So um, with that said, let's talk about some of the things that went on. Now, I'm going to say this right now. Um, it got chippy. It's always going to be chippy. I think you've, um, it's, it, to some level, you have to overcome some of those emotions for the team's sake, okay? Yep. I had said on Twitter that basically something along the lines of an, 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 the Enrique Cruz um, swing was boneheaded, okay? Um, Emily Leaker uh, had a video. I think it came from Q Sports 44 on Twitter, just trying to give credit here. She took that video and posted it, and that's how I saw it. Um, of, of a motion that looked like number six spit at Enrique Cruz. Okay? Definitely did. That is a low-down, nasty, disgusting thing to do and uh I, I don't blame enrique cruz for doing that but he's got to think okay i'm gonna do this and i, I have to know i'm gonna be leaving the game right so to my thing is though is that why can't you go back and get that other player in trouble why can't you go look at the replay uh, i i think well during the game that's a good question during the game like you should definitely like that guy should have been ejected there's no doubt about it they should have they should implement something at least from above 
So if you've got officials watching the game from above and they look at the replay and like, yeah, man, it looks like he spit on him. Like that should definitely be looked at. Okay. Yeah. Um, I still think it's a little bit of a boneheaded thing to, to do because now, and I don't blame him. That's, that's not what, so there's two things can be true at the same time. I don't blame him for doing it. I also think it's a, it's a boneheaded move. Okay. Um, just the same way. I think it was boneheaded of Eddard to do what he did. Okay. Because he could have stayed in that game. Enrique Cruz could have stayed in the game. Even if Enrique Cruz pushes him to the ground or something, even if it's from behind, I, I don't think he gets ejected. I mean, maybe no, the worst part about this, but, the person that started it didn't get in trouble at all. Well, that's how it, that was my next point. That's how it always goes. It's always the retaliation. Didn't with Judah. Well, that was, they went back and looked at that. <clears throat> right. I don't think anybody saw, I didn't see it. I didn't see it until the replay came. That's true. Me, me either. So, so they went back and looked at that. And that's to your point, probably something they should do. When tempers flare that high, they should look to see. Well, okay, we'll cause this. Now, what happened? No, what do you mean? Root cause analysis? Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, at least in situations like that, when someone's throwing punches, you know. What you should be doing. No, I know. I know you're being sarcastic. But, um, you know, I just, after watching what I watched in the f- basketball game and then dealing with this, like, I love the rivalry stuff. Like, I don't think there's, I'm second to none when it comes to being, loving the, I've said it here. I love the chippiness. I love, that's why I loved Eric Devendorf. I, I loved the trash talking and the, and, and all that stuff. You, you got to have a gritty, nasty guy on your team like that, that people can, that opponents can hate. You know, I love that stuff. With that said, I just, if you're going to do it, you got to, you can't be surprised by the fact that you're getting ejected. Okay. Because you know, it's coming. All right, and you, you only hurt your team when you get ejected. All right, and it sucks. No. All right, so that that's kind of my main thing with that. Now, with the flag, I didn't have a, I didn't have a real problem with the flag. Okay, I, I mean, at the end of the game, um, I, I didn't see a, a huge. It was Adams, I believe, too. By the way, was it not? Um, I can't remember. I thought it was Cooper. Was it Cooper? Okay. Um, either way. I don't have a problem with it. It was, it was snotty, and those fans deserved it. That's how I look at that. Okay, that's not swinging a punch. Okay, uh, coach took the flag. Whatever, whatever. I think the flag and what what happened in the middle of the field were two separate instances. I believe. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I right. Mean, you go out on you go out on Twitter, and there's a whole bunch of stuff um, and incidents of Boston College's fans being nasty to our fans. Um, spitting on fans, knocking off people's hats. Coach alluded in his press conference to somebody in the in the in the crowd yelling yes. stuff to him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, overall, you know, it was pretty. You know, from what I understand, the Boston College fans were pretty classless. Um, and I then mean, the player it's... spitting in his face, and yeah. then. So I mean, at the end of the day, you in that situation. I mean, in this situation, they got any, everything that they really deserved. Um, but sometimes it's difficult too when I look at it like uh, basketball and football is different to me. Uh, I well, feel yeah, because like football... you're not you're not you're not hitting the whole time, right? And we don't know what transpired between six, whoever the hell six is, and Enrique Cruz too. Like what happened leading up to that? Like well, he didn't just turn around but, and spit at him for no reason, right? But but also, but my whole thing too is is like at the end of the day, like you have helmets on. 
you're sitting here, you're grunting, you're spitting, there's snot, there's blood, there's sweat. It's a very, um, you know, physically intimate game, if you lack a better word. Like, you're all, I mean, you're just, that type of stuff's happening in all games. So to me personally, especially as a, you know, one of those, when they, what do they call them, the big uglies, no offense, uh, crews, but down in, in, in the, you know, the trenches, there's some nasty stuff that happens down there. Um, and... It's yeah, just it's all it's game. part of the game, and I I mean yeah. I can get it when it's def when it's different when it's on purpose, but I think you need to have the sense of control, and then at the same time too, what are you doing? You're punching helmets. Yeah, like, like I never you know understood I mean? that That's with what? NASCAR drivers. NASCAR drivers, someone comes up with their helmet on and they and they well, swing at another helmet. Guys. They well, do that just some of show. them are tough That's guys, not- but the my point is is that many of them are not. But my point is is that <laughs> you're punching a helmet. It's what it's designed right. for. And, and I think that's my thing is in football, you know, um, you're getting that type of stuff on you on accident anyway. You're gross. You're nasty. You got helmets on. Yeah, it's, like, it's nasty. It's gross. Right. I feel like it's an, it's an easier situation to be able to, to control yourself for your team because you already got all that going on. Now, yeah, basketball, you get sweaty and you're, you're against each other, you know, posting up trying to get rebounds and stuff. But there's no helmets. Um Everyone can see your face, and you know it's a more you know you smack somebody in the face, then that's that's going to be an issue. I mean, I don't even think you could really even do that. What do you do? New smack somebody in the helmet? There's really not even a smack someone in the face type thing. So as much as spitting in someone's you face, give them the old, you give them the old. Wah, wah. No, but you know what I mean. As much as spitting in somebody's <laughs> face is, is yuck yuck yuck. It's disrespectful, and if you do it, if someone did it to me out in public, and I. You know, it's a not different wearing con- a helmet, you know way I mean? different like, context, man. I know, I know. So, I mean, whether you smack a grown man in the face or whether you spit in some, a grown man's face, um, you know, both is pretty much cause for probably getting punched in the face. But um, with basketball, I feel like it's a little bit different than than football. And I'm not doing that trying to just poo poo one or the other. I'm just saying that Cruz has got to learn to be able to 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 handle that stuff because. That's just nasty crap that people in football try to get away with all the time just to push you and push you and instigate you to do something stupid. Yeah, that's and realistically, this... all you're going to do is punch a helmet and break your damn hand. Yeah, and, and get ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can have a storied rivalry and, and have those emotions run run hot and high and still be able to can he play in the bowl game? stay in the game. Well, he will, will he be out for half be for the first out half? For the first half. So, I mean, it's things to think about. So... You know, when you talk about, yeah, well, yeah, we, I'm glad he punched him. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, what does it do? What Did about Judah? I mean. Is he going to get suspended for the Big Ten? I mean, I mean. We need him against Illinois. Yeah. But all I intents mean, and purposes. It's um, a boneheaded move. I, I still think that both are boneheaded moves. And uh, I think more so Judah because Judah kind of initiated that. I know he was having a hard time getting up and he was getting and teamed up on. But I blame a lot of that. On the refs, I think they sucked. But I'm not. We're not going to relive basketball. But no, you know, um, yeah. I mean, we can have opinions about it. I'm not going to judge what he did and say it was right or wrong. I just think it was boneheaded. And you got to know when you do it that you're not going to play. That you, that's going to be it for you. Uh, you you swing. That's going to be it for you. You know the consequences. Right. Exactly. As long as you know the best. Right. And as long as you know the consequences and you know that you're going to get ejected and it, when your team needs you, you weren't like destroying this team at the time. Um, yep. You've got to you've got to take that into consideration, and and, and that's that. So uh, we we move on. Um, look, do do we want to do an Illinois preview super quick? 
Are you ready for that? Uh, yeah. I okay. mean, it can be. All right. Well, so Syracuse sits at 3-3. Three and three. They're going to go on the road to play the 16th-ranked fighting Illini. 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 Tuesday. The fighting it's, DeVitos. This is, <laughs> this is such a stupid name. Illini. It's dumb. Um, well, the fight I mean, in Illini. 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 Yeah. Yes. Those. At Tuesday at 7.30, the all-time series between Syracuse and Illinois sits at 2-1 and one in favor of the fighting Illini. And uh, the Syracuse Orange and um, Illinois have met three times starting 1978. Uh, Illinois has won two of the three games. Uh, the two teams met in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament in 1989 with Illinois beating the Orangemen at the time, Orange Men, 89 to 86. Lou Henson and Jim Beheim both coached all three meetings between the two teams um, between those times, according to orangehoops.org. Illinois is currently sitting at 5-1, and one, but the only loss um, on the books right now to the now-ranked 5th Cavaliers, UVA Cavaliers, 70-61. to 61. But they do have a win over UCLA. I think UCLA at the time was ranked eighth or something maybe like that they're currently 19th um terrence shannon is their guy joe uh so let us know i mean how much of a pain in the ass is this guy going to be because he, i think he's averaging over 20 points a game um and i think he's also leading in assists assists or rebounds what is it assists with just about four so um he's a problem how big of a problem is he going to be joe yeah, he's going to be a real big problem. Um, I think the one thing that the Illini, when I look at their their roster, or sorry, their schedule, um, they really haven't played anybody other than UCLA and Virginia. And in those games, obviously, like you said, they beat UCLA by nine and lost to Virginia by nine. Two good teams. Um, everywhere else, you know, um, it's pretty much Monmouth, Lindenwood, Kansas City, Eastern Illinois. So still a little bit early, but... Um, this is a team that has been traditionally good the past couple years, and I don't think that this year is going to be any different. I'd say that the, the only thing is is that they're just kind of in the same situation that we are um, as far as trying to figure figure out some of the rotations and um, and things like that. Um, it's uh, – <laughs> they just have a lot of young guys that are there uh, as far as Dane Danger. Uh, he's a, a forward that gets a lot of minutes. Sky Clark, he's a, a, a freshman guard. Um, Coleman Hawkins, six, uh, seven, six, eight, or sorry, six ten forward that's been to Illinois. Um, and then they're still trying to figure out, you know, the deal with, um, sorry, uh, Jaden Epps is another guard freshman from Norfolk, Virginia. But Ter- Terrence Shannon Jr. is a transfer from Texas Tech. This is his first year, and uh, they also got Matthew Mayer. Six uh, ten forward transfer, and he's like a fourth or a fifth year guy, but he's a transfer from Baylor. So those are their two main guys that they're trying to mix in with the roster because they lost a lot of guys last year, and it's a team that was really, really good. Um, so they're still trying to figure it out, but they got size, they got athleticism, and um, obviously they've beaten talent. some good teams. And then they got talent. So um, I, I think the one thing that we probably have that's probably um, kind of a good thing for us is um well there's good and bad realistically so um good thing is is that they got the mix of young guys and transfers um bad thing is i don't really know 
Well, and they're playing the zone, so they're gonna have to figure out the zone, and we don't know how they're gonna react to a zone. We we know how that that goes. Normally, it's a team that's just getting put together. Uh, it's tough to figure out, but obviously, good teams can figure it out throughout the game. Um, but it looks like they they take just a bunch of three pointers. Um, they have 167 three point attempts in um, six games. And what's so, their, what's let's see their their average um, is. Hold on. 37 percent 38 call it so yeah so um as it obviously yeah right so it's but it's tough to look at and see um as far as well terrence shannon is um just about 50 percent 16 for 34 well yeah that's the guy right and um you know just like when they played when they played virginia right virginia held them to 61 points and we know a type of defensive team Virginia is um but they went 9 to 26 against against them with the three point line um so yeah uh i think this is going to be a situation where can we score against them and what are they going to do with the three point line um if they out rebound <laughs> us and they're shooting threes and they're getting offensive rebound you know then it, it could be tough i but, mean look i don't have like huge expectations as of right now for this team, let alone this game. I feel like it's coming on fast and strong for, for Syracuse right now after Illinois, Notre Dame, and then you got Oakland, Georgetown. <laughs> so, and then a couple more in your, in your straight into ACC play, man. I, I, I just, I don't know. It'd be a miracle. It's at Illinois. It'd be a miracle. Uh, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just saying, from what I've seen this year, and like Joe said, we don't know what's going to happen with Judah Mintz, if there's other action that's going to be taken uh, for his uh, scuffle with Eddard, and we don't know. So we're just going to have to wait. And, of course, yeah. those things are going to be private, and we won't find out until tomorrow, or excuse me, Tuesday night at 7.30. Yeah. So they they so they were talking about a team that was twenty three and nine last year, lost in the second round in the NCAA tournament. And when I went and looked at their box score last uh, from their um, their tournament last year, uh, the only player that's on their roster uh, that played any type of significant minutes uh, was Hawkins, Coleman Hawkins, six uh, ten junior. So yeah, this is a team that's pretty much gotten put together with freshmen and with transfers. And they got some pretty good transfers, and they got some pretty good freshmen. Um, and, you know, uh, it might be – granted, we, we could – it would be nicer if we had, a you know, more of an, a more easy uh, competition here. But, you know, playing against these guys could help. But also, this team is going to be far and away better later in the season than they are today. Jesse's going to have to so, be better early. Uh, does Hema play – Problem is, we're still trying to figure it out too. So, and it's on the road. Um, And like I said, they got guys like their transfers are 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 pretty are pretty good. And I think just like with yeah, and it's too bad uh, that we couldn't snag some sophisticated um, transfers. I mean, just it is what it is. But uh, by sophisticated, I mean experienced. So, and, and just like with if Illinois was coming to the Dome, I feel like it would be, it'd be a nice crowd, early, nice early season crowd. I expect the same. Oh, yeah. I expect the same uh, for, for Syracuse going to Illinois. 
Um, it still is Syracuse after all. Um, the the fire Babers slash Bayheim chants uh, all come from the same people, and uh, I, I, it's so redundant to me at this point that I I, I don't even know if yeah. I'm going to humor the conversation of it. So we can mm. t- you can leave no. them in fan feedback, and if you got some if you got some meat to put to it, I, I might humor it. But um, I'm just I'm still not there. I'm still not I there. Mean, I'm- and I'm pretty positive that this game is not going to be like this. Isn't a game that's going to hurt us. I think this is a game plan oh, against except, this, this type is a quad of one game. First of all, right off the yeah. top, oh, it's, it's probably going to stay a quad one game, one game for the all whole year. season, right? And uh, all this really is is an opportunity to get an early quad one win and make up for one of these loss early losses. I don't think that St. John's loss is going to be a bad loss when you come down to it. And realistically, I think that Colgate and Bryant are going to dominate their leagues, um, and we'll see them in the I NCAA think tournament. Colgate could be a quad two loss at the end of the season. I don't know what the hell Bryant's going to do. I hope they implode. Honestly, I don't care if that's a bad loss. All I'm saying is, is if you look, if you go by the the last, you know last two years the projections of these two teams colgate they were they started to get better two years ago and last year both of them kind of turned the curtain they both colgate and brian um they uh they dominated their leagues like very easily into the tournament and i don't really see that being a change this year either so um but yeah this is an opportunity it's not going to hurt us and uh you know losing this game will not keep us from the tournament it's just obviously keeping us in wins from the win column to get us closer so and this big big 10 acc tournament they kicked our ass last year and it's looking like they're gonna do the same thing again this year so i mean yeah the game's still got to be played yep. but but if we were betting men and i did win three dollars on DraftKings on thanksgiving so i am a betting man Uh-oh. I, i'd have to yes joe by the way i'm in DraftKings now so Uh-oh. if you need any advice, <laughs> here we go. Let me know, okay? okay you you come to me for your NASCAR advice, but if you need any more, any other sport, you know I did win, okay, uh, okay. on Thanksgiving. So if you need anything, bud, pal, come to me. I've, I'll help I've you won out. in DraftKings too. I'm pretty sure. I'm 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 one and zero. I'm undefeated. Okay. All right. So big big winnings. Um. All right. <laughs> It's time to do a real quick, and by real quick, I mean real quick, fan feedback right now. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. We ask for your thoughts on those games. Uh, read them here on air and we talk about them uh we are live in the spotify live app or on the spotify live app and we're going back to youtube because facebook just does not work thankfully it worked streaming the game uh yesterday and i'm i'm happy about that because i know there was a bunch of you that couldn't get the game and i'm happy to do it and um, I, I appreciate the the thanks afterwards. I really do. I, I know you guys appreciate us doing it. So, um, you know, it's something we are able to do when we can. We will. So, sounds like too that Bryant game wasn't wasn't 
you know, it was the, it was the ESPN app, right? So that was the only thing I had it on, I think, in my area. So, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't stream that because I was traveling. But I was home for the football game, and I was happy to be able to do that. So uh, we will do a quick fan feedback, seeing that the front end of this show was extremely long for the two games and the look ahead at Illinois. Um, let's start with... First of all, let's start with basketball, okay? At one, Kev Nash. Uh, the future is now. Bench JG3. Judah and Taylor at the top of the zone adds athleticism and length, which should create more turnovers. Now watch JG3 go for 30 on Tuesday. Um, but that's the biggest issue with JG3. He's a complete roller coaster. This is, those are my thoughts exactly. <laughs> As soon as you turn your back on Joe and you trash the guy, he's going to go out there and he's going to he's going to drop him and he's going to go off. Right. And it's like, how often do we talk about having this team play the basketball team in particular play as a cohesive unit? Like, I feel like that was much of the problem last year. We're looking at kind of the same thing this year. And with Joe scoring nine points in two games, um, not great. Also, you know, like I said uh, on the front end when we talked about the game, I'm not sure why he was in there. And Joe, I know y- your thoughts on that, but you know, um, Judah unfortunately got ejected, so he wasn't going to be at the top of anything except for the top, yeah. the top of the shit list. That's about it. Yeah. So again, it's a situation where you would hope that if Judah was in there uh, and Joe was one for twelve or one for eight or whatever, that coach would have taken him out and put somebody else in there and uh we never will know because you know like you said judah got he got ejected i just hope that he doesn't have to miss any time going into the illinois game on tuesday but nevertheless uh like i said i i like i said earlier i was i was um happy with obviously more than happy with justin taylor um chris bell um you know in the shots that he made uh, in the middle of the zone, a couple things, you know, John Bowl going in there and doing what he had to do because Benny was sick and Hema. And I think, you know, you have a couple of players that are healthy uh, and ready to play that. And, you know, maybe we do a little bit better around the, the boards and there's better defense around there. But uh, we, we, you know, we did the best with what we had and, um, you know, we move forward. Yeah. Um, at Hopefully. hope what? I was just saying, hopefully it just helps for the future. That's all. At Amethyst1225 said, I'm proud of us coming back and being so close to winning despite the problems in the game. Also happy to see John Boljak and several of the other players on the bench get up and try to get the crowd back into the game. Look for the positives. Oh, we had a great time. Assuming a great time was at the game. Look, you know, they were out of it for most of the game until late. What was the score? It was, I had this written down. Oh, it, was God. Six, it was it was 61 to 60 when Jesse Edwards made that layup. To, and that was their first lead of the game. So um, the crowd was, um, was, I mean, it sounded great for as many people were there. And, oh, um, yeah. You know, you. I mean, you got to look at some of the positives. I know it's unfortunate to have to sit here and be like, well, look at the positives, you know, a, a lot. Okay. And we've been doing that with football for five weeks straight. And also, you know, 
Um, we're starting pretty early here talking about trying to look for silver linings in basketball games, and that's never a fun thing to do. It's never a fun thing to have to sit here and do, but I think at the end of the day, my expectations for basketball were nowhere close to what m- where my expectations for football were going to be. Uh, in fact, I just was so clueless on what to even think about basketball that I didn't give it much thought as far as expectations. So with that how said... How would you? Right. I mean, how would you? Exactly. That's why I don't you have... You have Joe them. and Jesse, and then the, nothing... That, I mean, you don't know what's don't coming know. after that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you know, I guess if you just have a winning season, I mean, if you want I guess that maybe that was an expectation of mine, but not trending... Uh, not trending that way. And um, it's just unfortunate. So, but uh, no, I, I always love, I, I always love, you know, some of the, there were a couple people looking at some of the positive stuff. And I think even, even what Kev Nash, you know, and he put it very bluntly, but, you know, he makes a good point that the roller coaster of, of Joe Girard, I mean, he could go out and score 30 in the next game. You know, you never know. It's just, that's just how the dude plays. At, man. Rick. It's Rick. These handles kill me. JG3 is directly to blame for the last two losses. Nine points in two games from senior leader is unacceptable. I agree it's unacceptable. But I don't know if he's really to blame for the losses. Now, if he does something, we could have won. Okay? Uh, you know, if J- if he if he plays as good as he did against Richmond, or even half that, we, we win both of those games. So, I mean, you know... But yeah, I, I'm I'm with him. I mean, I, I'm beating a dead horse here saying it because I already I've already said it. But nine points in two games is not it's not going to get it done, you know. Yeah, and um, again, I mean, he did have to pick up some point guard duties, so there was that a little bit. But I'm just not going to give him a complete out here. I just wish that I wish that Judah wouldn't have done what he did, and um, then we could have seen uh, how that game would have played out making the adjustments with Judah in there. Cause obviously, you know, he's our best player. Jim said it in the presser and uh, he's a player that we need to, we need to him to keep us cool um, to get, to get the best possible out of this team. So we had a lot of players still trying to figure out roles and rotations. And we had a lot of players that can make this team, I think good if, if they gel and kind of fit into the pieces that we need them to, to fit into. Um, but to see a team like last night, you know, Jim put in the guys that he's had, just to figure it out and, 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 and the adjustments he made and everything to, to come back. Like there was a point in that game where I didn't think with the players that we did, that we were missing that we were had a chance to come back and uh, Jesse and, and Justin Taylor and even a little bit of Chris Bell willed us back into that. By the way, we totally skipped over that in the montage. So we're going to talk about it now. We totally skipped over that because I was going to save it for last. So Chris Bell he had he has five rebounds on the season so far. Okay, you heard Coach talk in the montage. Um, if you're listening on the podcast about how he had one rebound in the past 90 minutes or so, well, he's averaging 0.8 a game. Okay, he's averaging one a game, and in the last 96 minutes he's played, he's got two rebounds, but he's got 37 points. Uh, Coach said no one like that has ever played here, and someone like that shouldn't play here. And I mean that's that's about as harsh as I've heard, ever heard it from coach. Mm, I think sometimes um, that's pretty harsh, Joe. Well, he's just so blunt and to the point, straight to the point. But I think I mean it's just it's just like anything else. Like if you don't play defense or rebound, then 
you usually don't play that much. And I think he's given this guy because of because of his shooting ability, um, all the chances in the world to go in there and, and prove that he can do these things so that he can stay in the rotation. And, um, you know, I think because we lost Judah and we needed scoring yesterday, he played as much as he did. Otherwise, I don't think he would have. Yeah. Well, now you have Justin Taylor blow up the way that he did. I mean, well, that, Justin Taylor doesn't even play against St. John's. That's my point. And yeah. then he comes out and does this. So maybe he's going to take more minutes away from, from him now. Who knows? Uh, the offensive at Joe's mom, 44. Joe, is this your mom? Could be. Joe's at Joe's mom, 44. Is this Joe's, Joe G's mom or Joe G's mom? Uh, the offensive defense seemed a little off the entire game. We definitely win with Judah out there. Um, you know, you got to imagine there's a one point loss. You got to imagine. But what does, you know, what does it look like without without the contribution from Justin Taylor, as we talked about? 21 points, right? Is that what he ended up at? 21? 20, more than that. Was it? Hold on, I got it right here. 25? Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, what, 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 what's the difference? What is what I'm saying? Like, you know, where do the extra points come from? Does, does, that's why we never know. Uh, I think when you, well, we would have won with Jesse out there. How about that? And, and, to, and to Joe's mom's point here, some of the fouls called on Jesse were freaking BS. And uh, I would have to agree, the fourth one I saw with him going backwards for a rebound with two guys in front of him was total garbage. Um, Joe should be held responsible for this loss. He played bad. Well, I guess it's not Joe Gerard's mom. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if um, – I think it's, a, it's always an, an accumulation of things. Now, Gerard had a pretty ugly turnover towards the end of the game and um you know that's that didn't help it was a breakaway uh fast break for two points so um no we did not mention that david that's a great idea hakeem work and jerry mcnamara they are going to have their jerseys retired at the end of the year at the wake forest game so really cool well deserved the championship team right so it's going to be it's going to be close to the 20-year reunion of this game, this championship game, right? Yeah, it would be. So, um, very fitting. Uh, Jerry McNamara and, and Hakeem Moore get those jerseys retired. I think that's that's awesome. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, and they retire jerseys, not numbers, right? So, Judah's not going to change um, his number, <laughs> per se, correct? Right? No, that's what I, that's what I, that's yeah. what I remember. No. At B Jennings 32, Joe Girard not getting pulled is insane. At S Vend 2014, awful last possession on defense. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. They just let him run the whole court for that floater. Boom. Game over. Yep. Uh, 0.8 seconds left. Uh, muffed, the, muffed the pass. And uh, that was the buzzer. So, unfortunate. At Roger Clark, 41, one positive, Justin Taylor. That's all I got. Absolutely. Um, you know, you heard Coach talk in the montage saying, you know, hey, not for anything. He, he, we, knew, we know he can shoot. It's just um, I think Coach is a little bit restricted in some of the things he likes to do because he just um, doesn't like to get out of his comfort zone. And I think some of these earlier games the past couple of years have restricted him to be able to, to – um, experiment as much as he normally would because of the talent level and not only that while well, the talent level is there but i should say i should really say 
um, the ex- level of experience. Let's put, let's say it like that, right? So, yeah. Um, anyways, some from Facebook, real quick. We'll do a couple of these, and then we'll move on to uh, football. Let me check the green room real quick. All right. Um, John, top fan on Facebook. It's a sad state on the hill right now. Bryant and Colgate at home. Why is it the talent or the coaching inexcusable? I think it's the inexperience. And I think it's these guys not having played together long. And I feel like I say that every year. Because college basketball lately is for everybody, but we feel it here in Syracuse more is the turnover has been just really bad with the transfer portal and just guys graduating or whatnot or leaving early. And you just, you don't have that steady two, three years, you know, where guys can work together and get acclimated. And I think that really goes against Syracuse because it's not a blue blood school and they're not getting these guys that are going to come in and and take over, you know, five-star guys all all over the place. And it's just unfortunate when you look at North Carolina, I mean, they've been able to keep some extremely talented guys on their team and they just lost against uh, Iowa state. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's tough too. I mean, it's, it's tough to decide on whether you're going to go one way or another. I mean, we're about to play an Illinois team who, you know, they have a great transfer from Texas tech, great transfer from Baylor to go along with a little bit of their, um, you know, their youth. And, uh, I mean, the one thing with that is when you get these players that that transfer is, you know, what is their agenda? Um, you know, they already said that they were going to go to one team. Now they want to transfer to another team, most likely because of playing time, right. Or something usually is along those lines. Um, unless you're a fifth year and you're doing something graduate wise, but, um, where are you going? You're going someplace else to, you know, be the man or to get more minutes. And sometimes we don't need certain things like that. That's why we got him a, a HEMA, you know, and I see him and I've been pleasantly surprised with him because now it tells me that if Jesse leaves this year, we got a, at least a, a legitimate center that can play defense in the middle of that two, three zone. And then we can build with all the guys around us. Um, you know, I think that Chris Bell's proven he can score. Judah Mintz has proven he can score. Justin Taylor's proven that he can score. It's just where do they all fit in? with all the other guards and then obviously with Joe. Um, that's that's really just how you, how these new guys fit in with these older guys. Like Joe and Jesse were the only guys really with any type of experience. Now you're trying to get Benny with six freshmen and another transfer. Um, it's tough, and that is the state of basketball. So a lot of it has to do um, with the players and, and what they're really coming in to do. Are they going to buy into the coaching? Are they going to be selfless and fit into the rotations that their coaches need them to? Or are they going to fall in line with possible bad habits from high school or the, the school that they, they came from? Because they might not necessarily be getting the amount of minutes that they, they wanted. Um, <clears throat> Nadal makes a point here in the green room. says, Torrance scored one more point than Joe in 16 less minutes and six less shots. So, I mean, if you, you, know, if you want to dive into it a little bit, and that's kind of my point, like, I know that he wasn't lighting it up out there when he was out there against Bryant, but at, at, I mean, what do you got to lose? <laughs> There's nothing to lose. So, and that's what I mean about getting in these tough games and not and just going with what's comfortable. Like, just waiting and waiting and waiting. Is Joe going to to to? Is he going to start hitting a couple late? Is he going to? You know what I'm saying? Well, so there's partly t- that, but also there's the defensive part too. 
Samir Torrance comes in, and yeah. guess what? They're automatically sagging, and they're going to clog the middle, which takes away from Jesse. Uh, at least Joe has to keep him honest because, again, true. many it's times he's going to shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. He's still going to be a decoy. You're still going to have to guard him on the three-point line because if you lead him wide open and he hits it, then your coach is going to look at you like you're crazy. He's going to be like, dude, um, you knew that was coming. So right. right, and that's the problem is, is when Samir gets in there, that has been the problem. That was a problem last year, and on defense, when they're playing man, they're just going to sag down. They're going to help, and they're going to dare him to shoot threes. And he shot two threes. Um, you know, he went three for six. Two of his three misses were threes that basically the other team baited him into because it was wide open. Um, but that's not the shot that Beheim wants, and I think that's ultimately why he came out. Um, so yeah, I think that on top of your fact that you said like the fact that Joe can be one for eight, and then all of a sudden just flip a switch and just go off and hit three threes in a row. We've seen it over and over again. And when you're down 10 plus points to a Bryant and you're missing Judah Mintz, then um, that type of player, I don't think, especially considering he's one of your, you know, experienced people, uh, most experienced people that have dealt with coming back uh, in in games like this. I feel like that's why he, he was on, on on the court. Yeah. Um, It's easy to just look at the points, right? But you have to understand that it affects other parts too. So putting in Samir Torrance immediately just affects how we can attack in the middle and how we can get the ball to, um, to Jesse. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. It's just when you take the 30,000 foot view and you you just say, Hey man, I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, how many minutes did Torrance get? Uh, 20. 20 got 20. It's not terrible. It wasn't like he didn't play, no. no. But at the end of the day, Taylor started hitting so much that they couldn't take him out of the game that they put him in and he was at the top of the zone. Right. Um, okay, let's do a couple more real quick. Top fan Zach on Facebook. Except that it's a season with low expectations. I just want to see young guys grow per game. Gerard is killing us with the bad decisions. I'm not a Gerard hater, but we are losing close games. Eventually, they will start to figure it out. I mean, we can only hope. Uh, top fan Brian on Facebook. Same as always after a loss, Jim Beheim needs to go. <laughs> Taylor doesn't play one minute versus St. John's, and he looked like the best player on the court today. No excuse for that, and he doesn't ever go to the players to see he doesn't ever go to players to see what they are ever yeah talking about well like i said i just think it's been i just think it's been close contests it's not an experiment time i mean i just you know it's just different the past couple years and um you know, there's a yeah well i mean when you go and you're is, playing but... against richmond and st john's you're trying to get w's i mean you're trying to win every game right yeah um but, you know, against there's certain teams that you think you can move, you can, you know, mess with your lineup a little bit more than others. And obviously you have to change as it goes. Um, all right, let's switch gears to football here. We are going to we are going to um, cruise through these as not as quick as we can, but um, going to cruise through them um, efficiently. Let's put it that way. Uh, Matt Sherman at Matt Sherman 52 on Twitter. Back in the wind column, first half was as upset as Joe looking at his last beer in the cooler. Yes. Man, what a great game. Let's go bowling. So, yeah, look, we finished 7-5. First of all, Joe never has one beer left in the cooler. He's a prepared person, and he's never, never left with one beer. If He does, <laughs> he does it right, that's for sure. Uh, it, hey, look, 
even if it's a cider, it still counts, right? Okay. No one can see still you shake counts. your head. Yeah, it still counts. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, for a few weeks from now, we're gonna we're gonna a couple weeks from now, or fairly soon, we'll get to know who we're playing, and uh, you know, um, it'll be fun. I think to get one more game in, a big big deal uh, for us, and uh, see. Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the other one everybody's clamoring about? Oh, I have no idea. Well, the thing is, is that it's gonna be interesting to see where we fall because. Um, if you look statistically by the, you know, <laughs> you know, what's hilarious is that last night, if we would have lost in Boston College, then we would have finished last place in our in our division in our conference. And because we beat them, we actually finished third. Yeah, so we amazing. finished we finished ahead of Louisville, NC State and Wake Forest. Um, and we're only behind Florida State and Clemson in our division. And really, when you look at it, I think we that makes us sixth overall in the ACC. But when it comes to bowl games, sometimes they look past that. Um, and, you know, Wake Forest and NC State and them, they have good good records. So I don't know where we we're going to go. I was looking maybe Duke's Mayo Bowl. I don't know. I, that's one I'd like because it's in Charlotte, but I doubt we'll get it. Um, so we'll see. At OD315, great comeback in a really physical, emotional rivalry game. The season unfolded almost exactly as most predicted it would, um, as predicted it would, yet majority still don't seem very pleased. Seven wins is an acceptable improvement in my eyes. Yeah, well, from five and seven to seven and five. I uh, think it's over. It, I think it's more than what people thought. It, I thought. Well, I would say so, too. That was the other thing. Um, I think the expectations were actually pretty low. I mean, I think that we had higher expectations than most. And I and and I'd have to go back and revisit because we always ask the fans, um, and for football season what what they expect and what they predict the season is going to be like. And I don't think they were predicting seven and five. A lot of them, I know some of them obviously were, but as far as the experts too, which is why we don't listen to the experts here at the Cuse Militia, uh, they they stink. The experts stink. <laughs> they do. Um, that was at Cuse Waterboy. That was a penultimate ugly W. Really glad we snapped the losing streak, headed into a bowl game. Can't wait to hear how ESM Sean pronounces penultimate in on the podcast. How about that? How was that? Was that good enough for you? Uh, but yes, did good. Thank you. Did good. Uh, look, I'll take ugly Ws. All right, you know when you talk about ugly wins, it is what it is. Um, do want to see? I do want to see a fire under the belly of these guys. Oh, what are we, what you're looking at the green room, uh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Gasparilla bowl was the one I was thinking of. Um, the, uh, the thing is, is you want to see some, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to see some kind of fire, uh, under this Syracuse team in this bowl game, you know, talking about, you know, they've said it themselves a number of times. Well, we got to start faster. Well then start faster. Yeah. I mean, do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're, well, you're think, in the driver's seat. Do it. You know? Right. And I think that some of that has to do with the, you know, obviously the play calling, but, you know, I don't know. It, it's tough to say one way or another because they started fast last week against Wake Forest in similar weather conditions, right? Right. And then they Very slowed down. Similar. And they slowed down um, the second half, but that was Garrett, to, that was Garrett Trader's point. Like, we got to come out of the second half on fire. And they, they, they didn't do that this game, or excuse me, they did do that this game, but they, do it in, they didn't do it in the first half. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who we get matched up with, like break down, uh, you know, the other team and see how we're going to match up with them. Uh, but I do think that our offense, our offense is going to be fre- more fresh. Um, I think that you can see more receivers getting involved, LaQuint Allen getting involved, Schrader. He's looking healthier and healthier, no doubt in my mind that we're going to see um, close to 100% Schrader when it comes to the bowl game, and maybe even Tucker, who seems like he's been banged up. I mean, all these guys are going to get a chance. And plus, they're going to get extra extra practices with a lot of a lot of players that are coming that are coming back next next year. So they're going to get a lot of um, extra practices. They're going to get an extra game. And um, as far as the defense goes, I mean, the defense has been next man up. I mean, Anwar Anwar Sparrow yesterday, the way that he's been playing, the way that we've been doing next man up, um, it's just been it's just been amazing. Um, and to your point too, because I know that you brought it up earlier in the show, you know, because the question was, you know, do we see Michael Jones? Um, I don't think that there is a doubt in my mind. I mean, unless he's got some. Well, they haven't ruled him out like for the year, so you have to assume, right? They haven't ruled him out for the year, and at the bottom line is that this guy came back for this this. reason. Yeah. So there's no way in hell that this guy is going to skip out of a bowl game for the reason that he came back. Um, to kind of you know, it's kind of a cherry on top to why he came back in in his um you know Syracuse tenure and and what he's done here. And there's no doubt in my mind that that defense is going to be the mob, um, the mob defense through and through when it comes to the bowl game. Those guys are going to be hyped, and um, I can't wait to see where we end up, team we play, and um, and how that game goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at our files ninety, just finally woke up and finished the job. The fan base wouldn't. Oh, this is a great point. This fan base would have signed up for a seven and five in a third place Atlantic finish in a heartbeat this year, but the way we got there will leave a very weird taste in our mouths and issues still on the table. But for now, on to the bowl. Now look, if they had done this differently, like they didn't win the first six and lose the next five, right? If it was if it was a little bit more inconsistent, so to speak, like like they win a couple, they lose one, they win you know what I'm saying? Yep. I think that you are looking at a different type of uh attitude. Or outlook on the season. It's because they go six and zero, and then you're like, you know, well, we're we're in the college football playoff talks. They were ranked, I think, twentieth in there at one point, right? You you beat Clemson, and all of a sudden, like it's a legit thing. And you know, well, we didn't, and then we went on to lose four more. So, yeah, um, just the, the way look. the way at the end of the day, the the record is the record. I think, like he says, like Ryan says on Twitter, you know, you would sign up for a seven and five third place Atlantic finish, every, probably every year. I mean, would you not? I mean, to get, I would be fine with that. Make your point one more time, Joe, about Doug Marone. No, oh, the, the fact the, that okay, so yeah, yeah, I mean, he he was five hundred over, he was five hundred over four years. I think he made two bowl games. They had nasty. They had some good players and stuff like that. But he was 500 over four years, and and he got an NFL coaching job. So um, a seven and five. I think a seven and five year with a pinstripe bowl against West Virginia win to go eight and five. I think that that was what got him an the, NFL coaching the, job. The, the Buffalo together. Bills coaching job. Yeah, and as far as football goes, what do they always say? They say you are what your record are. I don't ever hear them say it don't. It, you know, it matters how you got there. I, I, I mean. We're seven and five. If you would have signed up for it in the beginning of the season, then what does it matter how you get there? Other than you know your I mean, expectations change because all of a sudden you think we got a shot. I mean, I get, I do get it. It's a different feel, but if you put it into perspective, 
it, it, at the end of the day, we're, we're only looking for But we've been there. I know. We've I know been that. there. We've been that. there. We beat Clemson. I mean, we got up there in, in a couple of those seasons with Dungy, and then he got hurt, and he wasn't the same player, and we ended up 5-7 and seven that year. So, yeah. Um, what do you do? At OLQs, down 17-6 to six in the fourth quarter, and we still won. Big win. I was worried. BC wasn't a very good team outside of Zay Flowers. The defense still can't stop the run too well. Going to need to fix that. The third down, roughing the passer call, changed the outcome of the game for us. Now, he says bad call. I, I don't know if it was a bad call. I thought it was the legit roughing the passer call, the one on Trader. Don't you think? Just hands to the face, and you hit the, yeah, you came hit high the, with hit the quarterback too. in yeah. the face. And... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, hey, dude, even if it is a bad call Can't cap. Can't hit the quarterback in a helmet. Yeah, but even if it is a bad call cap, let's say it was. You know what? We got to win some take of it. those once in a while <laughs> anyway. We'll take because, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I like I said, I, I would have been happy if they held them under 100. They held them to 89. I'm fine with that. Um, it's not electric, but... For, for for who Boston College is, that's not electric to me. But it's under 100, and I'll take it. Tucker running for six yards of carry, and um, Garwo for 3.3 or something like that. I'll take it. So um, with that said, that's that's all I got. So look, um, that's going to wrap it up for us. Hey, I appreciate all you guys in the green room. We are not live right now. going to go back to YouTube. Facebook, for whatever reason, thankfully – it works when I try to stream games, but I must, I do not know if it's a, if it's a setting thing or what, but what I'll probably do is, uh, go back to YouTube stream there and, uh, post the, post the, um, the link to Facebook and see if that helps. Yep. I thought Facebook would be uh, Facebook live would be a huge opportunity for us. Uh, and, but that's not going to happen because I can't figure it out. So that is what it is. But, uh, oh, Call IT. Ring, ring. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for us. We appreciate all of you, especially all of you in the green room. Zach, Matt, David. I think Zach was in there. I think, uh, man, Nadal, Anthony. There's a couple more in there. I forget. Dom was in there. Uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, we will see you Wednesday. Go Cuse against Illinois. We'll see what happens. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.